You're listening to Walk It Out with Trisha Goyer, where we discover what it looks like to follow God and be swept away on the journey of a lifetime. Author of over 70 books, mom of 10, yes, 10, homeschooler and speaker, Trisha Goyer will explore what radical obedience to God's word looks like. It's time to hear from God lovers who've dared to say yes. Listen in to Heart to Heart Chats and learn how others overcame doubts and fears. Discover how God used ordinary people to impact others one step at a time. If you're ready to get radical, get going, and make a difference in this world, you're at the right place. Here's your host, prolific writer, world traveler, people lover, and mega nap taker, Trisha Goyer. Well, hey, friends, welcome back to Walk It Out. And today we're going to be talking about something which I get a lot of questions about, and it's actually writing and putting our pen to paper. And that's actually the title of the book that we're going to be talking about, Put Your Pen to Paper. And my guest is Kanisha Griffin, and I'll tell you a little bit about her. She's an author of six books. She's written both fiction and nonfiction, and she loves to speak about family togetherness and hope after trauma. She and her husband, Cody, live in Waco, Texas, and they have six children. So welcome, Kanisha. Thank you, Trisha. So happy to be here. Yeah, it's so fun. And we've been like friends, oh my goodness, over <laughs> ten, 10 years. I don't know. Yes. It's been a while. <laughs> and we've got to like hang out when we were at a retreat once and all the fun things. Okay, you were just reminding me of this when we talked recently of how we even connected online. And I had no idea that it was through one of my websites. So tell a little bit about that. Yes. So very early in my journey as a writer, um, I remember Googling writing mentor because I was so thirsty to learn more and to kind of sit under a mentor to kind of learn about the best way to like write books. And and I had my own ideas and I'd love to be creative and write, but I wanted to learn like the best ways to do that to get published. And so um, I Googled my writing mentor and your blog, my (laughs) writing tour, literally the name (laughs) is what I found. And I was so excited and just like, oh my gosh, this is perfect. I'm meant to like click on here and to explore and visit your website. And when I did, of course, it's just... It all just kind of grew from there. Of course, I was fascinated with your work. You became my own personal mentor. I don't even think you knew that back no, then. No, no, I didn't. <laughs> but you, you were, and I, I subscribed to your blog, and I couldn't. I, I was so excited just to read your work and to get your books and learn so much about you. And then I'm just grateful to have met you and to developed a wonderful friendship since then. But yep. It was through your blog. <laughs> that was a long time ago. I think that was, oh my goodness. It must have been 2000. Oh, what? You, I don't even know. I don't, I don't remember either. I know. 2004, 2005. I don't know. It was a long time ago. Yes. So I would just love to hear like why and like the beginnings of your writing journey. I think so many people like want to write a book or have this feeling. I know I did too. And it seems like the, the obstacles are so big. And so I love to hear people's stories of how they just kept persisting and, and where that led. Absolutely. And so my love for writing started very, very early. I remember being a little girl. I loved to write stories to my, um, to show my, my parents. I remember I was that little kid. Like I look at my kids now and I see that a few of them like to write stories and use their imagination, but that was me. I always had a huge curiosity and imagination and always wanted to create characters and write stories. I loved books. So mine just sort of, my journey starts there. I always go back to remembering, you know, being a little girl writing in her journal and writing stories and having this big mind to adventure and explore. 
But then a little bit later on in life, I think as I became a teenager, I decided to um, take it up a notch, you know, and actually start um, piecing together some pretty cool stories. And then I wrote from my school paper when I was in high school. So I, I kind of still maintain that love for storytelling. Um, but then, you know, I think right around my, I remember around the time when my dad got um, our first home computer. I think mm. it was a gateway computer is what it was. <laughs> <laughs> like the, I don't even know if they still make gateway computers, yeah. but it was like a gateway computer. I remember being, I think, a junior in high school and my dad bought this thing, but had no idea how to operate it, what to do with it. And so I had the chance to explore it, to to check it out. And one of the first things I did when we got it was open up a new document to start writing a story. <laughs> oh, wow. I would never forget that. So I, I always had that um, natural desire to tell stories and to, you know, I mean, I would write like my mom's stories and stuff like that so I could put a smile on her face, you know, like I, I would think of like Mother's Day and you write a sweet Mother's Day poem or something like that. And when I would see her responses to that, it would just really tickle me, you know, like, oh, OK, so but you could really write stuff to help other people, to encourage other people. And so then that became kind of missional for me um, super early. You know, like, okay, well, maybe I want to do that more because there's a lot of crazy things going on in the world, just like today. And while I wanted to, you know, write stuff that would make people smile, maybe feel a little bit better, you know, than what was going on. So, uh, yeah, so I just, it started early for me. And then a little bit later, you know, I decided to, to pick it back up and actually finish, you know, finish writing a book. So, yeah. <laughs> I love it. So how old were you when you like said, okay, I'm going to write a whole book? I think it was in my, uh, right after my senior year in high school, I think I just graduated and I said, now I'm actually really hundred percent going to do this. Cause I, I remember carrying a notebook around with me when I was in school. So I was always writing, like I would kind of get to my own little corner and write out stories. But the first time I actually said, I can actually do this whole thing. like create my first story. It was right out of high school. And it was anything I, I published, but I wanted to just kind of show myself that I could do it. Because I was, you know, I would look at books and, you know, you see the really nice size ones, you know, like the 500 page yeah, books yeah. and think, how in the world is someone sitting there writing all those words and fills up a book like that big? Like I couldn't, in my mind, I was like, how do you do that? You know, but I said, you know what, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to write a book and it's going to be more than a hundred pages. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And I love that. I mean, and I think... I think there's like people that will have an idea and think, okay, that would be awesome. But then they get so overwhelmed and they don't do anything. But then I love how, I mean, you and I are both like, okay, it's a challenge. Like I'm going to do this. I'm going to try it. And I think that's so important. And what I love, especially with, you know, the book you you've written, um, put your pen to paper is that you're going to show, you show people how to do it. And I think it's like, I think people, when they have the idea and they don't know where to start. And so Kanisha, you're like, okay, come here. I'm going to show you how to do this. Yes. <laughs> so important. Absolutely. You know, and that was something that was critical for me. Um, when I really got serious about pursuing it um, as a young woman, you know, after kind of 
I feel like my childhood, I got a chance to just explore creativity without learning um, some technical things that may be helpful to actually producing a really good book. Um, at that time, I was just writing stories, making them up, just having fun, right? Just a kid, enjoying writing, making up stories and, and doing that. Um, but as I got older, I started to pursue and I learned that, hey, it may actually be a good idea to have a, to get in a community. I think that's one of the mm-hmm, first things mm-hmm. I really wanted to, to find out was that, like there must be other people out there. There's tons of authors, millions of them around the world. There's got to be people close to me, around me, that actually want to do the same thing, that write books too. So where are they? Where's the community of writers and other people, you know, that, that we could do this thing together? So I was on a search for that. And that's exactly why I put in my writing mentor, because I was looking to find people out there yeah. like me. Yeah. <laughs> and then the internet showed me that they do exist. So yeah. <laughs> here they are. And I think I agree so much because when I first went to my first writer's conference, I was 22, pregnant with my third baby. Uh, you know, my friend Cindy went with me. And I think so many times, um, and you talk about that connecting with other writers, I think so many times we feel so alone and we feel like, I'm silly. Like this is, this is too big of a dream for me to pursue, or I don't know the steps. And I remember the first time it was at Mount Hermon Christian writers conference in California. And I just walked around like, these are my people. And I didn't even understand. (laughs) Like, and they were, and no one laughed at me like saying you're too young. Like, Right. You only have your high school diploma. Everyone was so encouraging and right. so helpful. And from that group, uh, you know, I we developed a prayer team that we were all unpublished. Uh, yes. Well, most of us were all unpublished, and we just pray for each other, encourage each other, and like those people are still my friends today. But over the years, I mean, we were both part of Mom Life, um, you know, writer team and different, yes. different connections and communities that you become a part of. It makes a big difference when you have other people who understand yes. who are like trying to balance, you know, kids and mm-hmm. <laughs> deadlines and following your dreams. And they don't think it's silly when you want to go away to a writer's conference or any of those things. So how yes. has that made a difference? Um, you talk about, you know, when you were able to first connect with other writers how did that make a difference in your life it was it was probably one of the most exciting uh, times in my life that I can remember. Um, I remember I lived in the Dallas Fort Worth area at the time. And I, after I Googled um, my writing mentor and I came across your blog and I started kind of absorbing a lot of your knowledge and wisdom, um, I actually looked to see, well, what's out here in Dallas? Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a writing group. And it's, it could be that you mentioned connecting with the critique group or something like that, that kind of gave me that thought to, you know what, let me check into that and see if there's something out here that I can explore. And so there was. I actually found found uh, Mary Demutes writing group. Yes, <laughs> and just I found her blog. I found her writing group and I said, you know, I'd love to actually go and check them out. And so I drove, I think it was a little over an hour to Rockwall, yeah. <laughs> where she lived, in the outside of the Dallas area, and I drove all the way over there. And um, I'm telling you, when I went in there, now I was the youngest one there. That's one thing I do remember. Yeah. <laughs> I was like in my very early 20s. Like I think you said about 22. Like the writers' conference you went to. I was there. I was very, very similar. I didn't bring uh, my baby with me there, but I remember leaving my infant baby at home to go to Mm -hmm. a critique group. I remember uh, printing copies of like the first 
five to 10 pages of my, my first novel. And I brought it over there and I'm thinking, all right, this is some of my best work. Okay. So I know everyone's going to read my manuscript. They're going to fall in love with it. It's going to be amazing. And when I tell you I left from that critique group with like, you know how uh, your teacher in in class would like mark your paper with like red ink all over it to like, you know, like, nope, change this, change that, change this and that. My, like, everyone there marked up my pages, and I knew at that moment, you know, I have a lot of work to do. It taught me a lot. I mean, they love the story idea, but it also taught me there's a lot more that I need to learn about writing fiction, like a ton more, and I was just ready to learn at that point. I was ready to learn. And and it's so cool that, I mean, people take the time to do that, like to critique. And I think there's, there is a balance of you want to encourage people, but then you do want to show them, well, you could do this better or you could do that better. I remember sitting down with an editor um, at Mount Hermon and I had a novel proposal. I mean, I probably had three chapters written of the thing. And, you know, he was going over the first chapter. He's like, well, you use a lot of passive verbs. And in my yeah. mind, I'm like trying to think back, like, what's a passive verb? <laughs> what, did I learn? what did I learn in yes. high school? And he was like, so he, and he yes. underlined all the was, and I probably had yes. was like 10 times on the first page. But he was yes. like, so I cannot, I cannot for the life of me remember who it was like I, I cannot because everyone was new like I didn't know all the editors and publishers and publishing houses but it was an editor yes. from a publishing house and for him, him to sit down with a 22 year old and like well you really have an exciting first chapter but let me show you some things it yes. is a big thing for people mm-hmm. to help and I think that is so yes important that we and and to, for people to know that it's everybody like yes. it was you it was me like I think when they look at us now like you are you know you have books and you have six kids and balancing all these things and me with my books and kids and they're like oh yes. well it's easy for them I'm like oh no, no. we were there <laughs> like we were there in the beginning yeah. saying okay what's a passive verb and what do you mean by writing with a hook at the beginning you know I think yes. everyone starts somewhere so I think yes. people try to compare themselves at the beginning with people that are on you know, books on the shelves and stuff like that and we don't want to do that right I remember um, one of the first things that that has stuck with me for so many years uh, something that Mary Demise said was that she she would always say this too when talking about writing is that she for the first 10 years she says she wrote in obscurity for mm-hmm. 10 years. Mm-hmm. She would always say that that word stuck with me, the way she said it and everything just was like, because I remember when I first heard that, I, I'm brand new to writing and wanting to get published. And I was like, 10 years? <laughs> 10 years? Yeah. <laughs> what? Like, I, I don't want to write in obscurity for 10 years. Like, I remember thinking that, right? Whining and thinking that my own self, like, no, I, I, I want to, they get published right away. I don't want to land a big contract and get with a big publishing house and have this big dream and be this famous writer and be a New York Times bestselling author and thinking all the things, right? And not thinking that, you know, this is a journey that you should embrace. Enjoy the journey ahead. You know, don't like put pressure on yourself to be this perfect writer. And, and then especially don't look to other people and think, mm-hmm. well, they're there. So they must have just skipped right there and they didn't go through a process. I'm sure every author that's been published has a story to tell and that they've been through a lot, you know, to get where they are. Yeah. And, you know? yep. and most people yeah. have kids or have a day job or yes. I mean, it's not like I, I mean, I, honestly, I don't know one person that just has like a cottage by the sea that they just write. <laughs> right. 
That would be nice, though. It would be nice, you know. Hey, you know, I would love that. (laughs) That's not my life, though. No. But I also say, like, um, you know, you have six kids. I have 10 kids. And it's a balance because I do want to talk about that because I get that question all the time. But I also think if I was just by myself in a cabin by the sea, like, what would I write about? (laughs) I know. So much comes from life and every day and what we're going through. So I would just love to hear because I know I get this question all the time, just from you too, like balancing kids and writing and dreams and, and all of that. How, how do you do it? I do it uh, very, <laughs> it's very, it's very interesting because so, some days when I'm asked questions like this, you know, how do you do it? How do you write and work from home and have little kids? And sometimes my answer is I have no idea how I do yeah, it. Every yeah, day. Yeah. I, I don't know. Every day is a very different day. I mean, you have a really good days where you're able to like during nap time. So I have um, my kids, my oldest is, 13. He'll, well, he'll be 13 next month. Mm-hmm. And my youngest is nine months. And so my kids are all spaced out, you know, all range within there. And so, which means I have littles. I have a one-year-old, a nine-month-old, and I'll have a, a seven-year-old. And they're the ones that typically constantly need mommy. My yeah. seven-year-old, maybe a little bit kind of, you know, winging a little bit out of that into he'll, he'll lean into his older brother and sisters. But the, the Zoe and Natalina, no, they, it's mommy, 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 mommy constantly. And so what I had to realize, I, I used to feel a little guilty. That's one of the first things I wanted to say mm-hmm. too. I used to feel kind of guilty for Okay, mommy's going to work on her book, and I put Elmo on, like my like she loves Elmo. So I put on Elmo, and we're singing the Elmo song, and, and it would literally look like I'm sitting here with my laptop while my toddler has toys all around her and Elmo's on. And I'm like typing, trying to focus on my book while I'm dancing to Elmo at the same time and singing, <laughs> <No>. you know? <laughs> and then, oops, i got to stop what I'm doing and like run over to like grab something that she spilled or clean up a mess, you know, that she's made or she's like covered in paint or something, you know, which is like literally what happened this morning as I was rushing out of the door. (laughs) So it's like, why did she get paid from? But you know, it's their, their kids, their toddlers, they're going to get into things. I had to give myself permission to, to say, you know, it's okay to Mm -hmm. work on your, Mm -hmm. to work on your, your projects and still, mommy, it's not going to be perfect. You're going to, some days are just like, you know what? I know when I need to close my laptop and give my kids way more attention because perhaps they, they're they needing more love at this moment. Perhaps they're, you know, they're trying to capture my attention. Now, if I have a deadline, you know, for the magazine that I work with and things like that, then it's okay. I have to kind of rearrange my day a little bit, but I learned for me that I had to be flexible and really kind of and really pay attention to to their needs, but also keep in mind, you know, the projects that are important for me to complete, too. I had to um, it's like I didn't want to choose one. I had someone tell me this years ago, like you actually have to if you you have to pick one or the other, like mm. you can't. And that was kind of the one of the most discouraging things I've heard. I thought, no, I don't think that's really true. I didn't really agree with that. It was you've got to pick something's going to suffer. And I thought, well, why does something have to suffer? Right. Like I don't I don't understand that because 
I, I'm pretty sure that I could still parent and love my kids and dance with my kids. And it's, it's like that. I mean, it's literally a dance all day and I love dance. So I love to get up and dance and twirl with them and have fun with them and go outside with them, you know, but when I find those pockets of time where I know they're okay mm-hmm. and I can sit on my laptop and get a little bit of writing done, I utilize that time. Every type of space that I can find to do, to focus on my goals. I do that. I utilize that space for productivity. And I think that's the thing that helped me to continue to write and complete book projects that I've worked on. Yeah. And I think that's so true that I I don't think we have to pick. And I always think like, why do you think like being a stay at home mom means only taking care of your kids all day so I would think of like I would think of like back in the prairie days like they were they were tending the fields and they were like out there doing laundry and like they were work like they were doing like our work is different like I could throw my laundry in and that takes two minutes and then I could go sit and write but people have always been you know doing stuff and working on stuff and they haven't been like 100% only devoted to their kids all the time and I think you know I have uh well you know 10 kids and a dog who's barking yeah. in the background. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's, it's, usually, it's usually a neighbor cat that he can see out the window. That just barking. <laughs> so ignore the dog people. Uh, okay. <laughs> but um, I remember just when I had three, Corey, Leslie and Nathan, Nathan was like one. Leslie was like two or three and Corey was five. And I would like in two hours in the afternoon, like this is mommy's writing time. And I had Barney. So Elma's way cooler. Yes. But back in the day, we had Barney. <laughs> Barney. And Barney yes. would be on the little DVD player. No, we didn't have DVD. Sorry, the VHS, the VHS tape, <laughs> the VHS tape. And I'd set out Play-Doh, and they would all play together. And now they're 31, 28, and twenty-six. I've never once had them say, "Mom, that how could you do that to us?" Yes, right. <laughs> like, but instead, right. we talk about mom. Remember when we interviewed that World War II veteran? Or remember when yes. we got to Canada because you had that TV thing and everyone went along? Or remember this? So I think yes. now that they're adults. And now that you probably see this with your older kids too, like what they gain from my experiences and my life has, um, has helped them. And it wasn't like those two hours in the afternoon and I thought, Oh, I'm such a bad mom. They have to watch Barney and play with Play-Doh and I'm working. Mm -hmm. Um, I've never had them once complain about those things, but I've seen like Leslie's degree is in writing, editing and linguistics. And now she's working on her, um, her, uh, what postgraduate degree? Like she's just keeping yeah. going, and she's working on the, all these essays. That's I'm like, awesome. You know what? I just thought wow. I was like a horrible mom. <laughs> for, That's amazing. For all this stuff, and so yes. now it's like, okay, I can see how it benefited my kids too. And so we don't have to feel like we are just hurting them. Right. And I, and that's exactly what I remember you uh, talking about that before. And that really encouraged me um, because I, at that point, uh, as sometimes I, I did wrestle with that, you know, with, with that dance and maybe I just need to stop and focus on my kids and pick up writing, you know, once they're grown, but no, I can absolutely see the benefit of that. My kids got a chance to see me working on book projects, me working with, you know, other authors too, Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. like I did for about eight years. And they got a chance to see that. And they were like amazed each time um, a new children's book was coming out or each time a new book. Hey, mommy, what's that? It's a new book. In fact, 
today, if I sit down at my laptop for a period of time and they see me with a Microsoft Word document or something open, they'll come over and sit next to me and they're like, hey, mama, what you're working on? Is that a new book? Like they know they automatically. And I think because I was, you know, they were toddlers, they were little and they would remember me going in between writing and playing and writing and playing. And they would see the book come in and they would see my little picture at the back of the book. Oh, it's mommy's book, you know, and they'd be yeah. so excited just to see that. In fact, so excited that my one of my daughters, Karina, she took my memoir, Once Upon a Child, to her school. I didn't even know she did that. But she took one of my books to her school and gave it to her teacher. And then her teacher wrote a note back to me to say, Miss Griffin, I just want to thank you so much for the copy of your book. I love it so much. It's so encouraging. I didn't even know my daughter did that. I didn't even know. <laughs> I didn't even know. But she like took one of my books, one of the copies oh, of my wow. book, and brought it to her. And she she thanked me so many times for it. She read it and was inspired and loved it. It gave her hope. And that blessed me completely. I didn't even know my daughter did that. Like she thought to do that over herself. Yeah. So I, I appreciate that they they notice it, but they also know that they can they can do anything. They know here we're all about exploring creativity, using your talents and your gifts. It's okay to do the things that you know you always want to do, even now that you love to try. I always encourage them in their gifts and they they see me pra- practice it, but they also see me encouraging in them too. Yeah, I always say that too when I speak at conferences and stuff. It's like your kids, when they see you following your dreams, they will know how to do it themselves. It's like you are a model for them. And they yes. see like God at work in you and, and using you and using your talents and your gifts. And God put those things in us for a reason. Yes. And he puts things in our kids for a reason. And so I think that does make a huge difference in uh, just showing them like, okay, you know, we are gifted in unique ways and God can use these um, these gifts in amazing ways. That's right. Yep. So I know you mentioned helping other writers and I think that's the one thing I know about you. Not only, you know, do you work on your own books, but for so long you have poured into helping other writers get their published and now you're doing it through um, this book. But why is that important to you to help others? Because I remember being in a place where um, I had a very interesting thing happen to me. I was just getting started with my book and I remember reaching out to an author before. And I, like I said, that was around that time when I was really kind of hungry for like a mentorship. I've, I've always been the person that loved the the mentors I've had in my life. I've had amazing people pour into me. My teenagers were a little rough, you know, so, mm-hmm. you know, I, I had the, the story that I didn't quite uh, get along with my parents, you know, that, well, I'm, I'm so grateful for restoration of our relationship. So we're all wonderful and great today. Um, but my teen, my teenage years were very, were very difficult. And I always felt very misunderstood. So I didn't have um, the, the, parenting, it was difficult, but God did place incredible other people, um, like my Sunday school teacher, um, other youth leaders, uh, parents of my friends that would really pour and be there for me. So I believed in mentorship and discipleship very early. Like I saw the benefit of that and I, and I always seek to that. And so I remember being, um, when I was really exploring more into writing. Um, I reached out to one and I, and I actually had a very negative response from someone before mm. they were way too busy. They just couldn't know. I don't have the time to sit and talk to you about, you know, what you want to do because I have to, my own deadlines, I've got my own book and, you know, it's just like that writers are writing and da, da, da. it was really, you know, just kind of really negative. It wasn't the feedback. And this is a 
it, it hurt me because I'm thinking, oh, I just want to learn. You know, right. <laughs> I was yeah. I was always that like over eager student. You know, that was the hand up first in class, you know, at times eager to learn and absorb information and grow. And I felt shot down mm. and, and rejected. And, and I always said my, I told myself then I want to be at a position one day where I can help other people do the things that they've always loved to do. I don't want people to lose hope or to give up. You know, I want them to fight for and be willing to work for and learn and grow right for the things that they love. And so um, shortly after I self-published my very first novel and devotional, um, I had a lot of people asking me, hey, how are you? How are you doing that? Mm-hmm. You know, and um, and even though I was still in pursuit of a traditional publishing, I was still sending out letters, you know, and uh, queries and things like that to agents and publishers. Um, I ended up getting pretty comfortable with, OK, well, I think I can get a pretty good editor and I could work on uh, producing my own books. In the meantime, I wanted to continue exercising, writing, and continue to do it. And so I ended up um, doing so. People were asking me, and I remember just telling them, well, hey, this is what I've learned so far, and this is what's been working for me. So that eventually turned into a lot of people asking me (laughs) how to do it. (laughs) You know, and I said, okay, well, so many people, perhaps I should create a group or somewhere where I could um, kind of coach people along with, I mean, just really sharing what works for me, even though I'm still learning. And I always made that very clear as hey, this, this industry changes. I'm still learning a lot about the correct way to do these things or the proper way to do it to, you know, get better and grow as a writer. And uh, they were all in and excited to to just sort of walk with me through that journey. And I was excited just to be able to teach them what I knew. And so that turned into me creating um, a small, uh, a very small independent uh, publishing company mm-hmm. that I ran for about for about eight years when I lived in Dallas. And I think I worked with, I think, over 200 authors. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, a lot of books were coming in and I was so surprised. And I, and I started teaching workshops. I thought, well, I'm super excited you know about what was happening but I wanted to sort of take it out publicly too so I would host these free writing workshops at the libraries and people would come and we would you know the classes would be full I would call the library just to say hey did anybody sign up for this thing because I don't even know if anybody was signed up oh the class is full Kanisha I'm like oh okay (laughs) well all right then and I would have a nice big presentation and set up their talk and then meet with people afterward and it was extremely exciting super super exciting so yeah that was that time I knew um and then I would do what I I called it literary coaching but it was where I would um meet with authors every month or every other week, you know, according to their schedule and just sit and listen, just like talk to them about their book. And really I was more interested in seeing what they wanted to do and and listening to their stories. And so I got even more fascinated with just listening to other people's stories. Yeah. (laughs) And I I love how like, um, like we don't have to be a New York times bestselling author to be able to help people and to share people. And I always, I think I can't remember who told me that you should always have someone like ahead of you that you're looking to for advice, but you always should have someone behind you that you're helping, that you're helping guide along. 
And I think that's so important. I love how you use, I mean, you could be doing anything with your time, but you could, you're using it to help and encourage other writers, which is again, um, why you wanted to do it in, you know, your new book, put your pen to paper. So tell a little bit just briefly about this book and why it was so important to you. Yes. And so I learned so much and, um, in the in the industry, being a writer for as long as I have so far, which is crazy to even think it's been. Let me see. I always I always calculated uh, the time based off of how old my son is. So yeah. he'll be thirteen. <laughs> you know, you have to. It's something when you have to pick a child's age and yeah. based off of that. He was an infant. I remember waking up in the middle of the night to nurse him while I was writing in my manuscript. It was I don't know how I rigged the pillow and everything <laughs> to do it at the same time, <laughs> but I did that. That was definitely me at three in the morning. While I'm up, I might as well work on, you know, at least get a few more words in. I was always very persistent, very dedicated um, to something that I, you know, a goal, you know, that I had in mind. Um, But so I can't believe that it's been, you know, almost 13 years that I've been um, professionally writing, even though, like I said, I've been, you know, writing and being creative, you know, most of my life. But when I stepped forward to pursue it and, um, I, there's just so much I've learned within that process from the places I've been, from meeting people like you, amazing mentors and, um, and other authors. And so I wanted to create a resource that writers could have to encourage them to keep moving forward. One of the things that I realized in the, the writing coaching that I used to do and in publishing is that there were a lot of authors I talked to who were so discouraged, who didn't think they could do it, who didn't think they were good writers to even have the mind to do it, um, who were distracted easily, mm-hmm. who ran into all these challenges. I mean, I would at each um, session that I would have with them, it was it was amazing the objections I would constantly hear yeah. on what was in the way, and I found myself a lot of the time probably. 60% of the time on our, on our call, kind of coaching them through those challenges. Yeah. Like, here, here's how you can beat this. And this is what could work for you if you do this. And, and even though, like I said, I, I am not a expert in that. I've been doing this for 100 years, you know, but there are a lot of things that I have learned and things that I truly believe can really help you actually write your book and do it. You know, if you say you're going to do it. And so, um, I, it was funny because uh, some, some of the, uh, some of the clients I had with book coaching, they'd be like, Oh, Kanisha, you're so sweet and friendly, but you know, you're kind of a tough cookie too. You know, like you're like, <laughs> and it would make me laugh. You're like, you know, cause I would tell them that this is what you need to do. Yeah. And almost, I have to like put that teaching hat on and that coaching hat to say, look, this is, if you want to do this, then this is what you need to do, you know, focus, right. Eliminate your distractions, you know, and, um, find ways to fit it into your life, be productive, you know, and utilize your time wisely, you know, instead of binge watching some of your favorite shows, you might want to utilize at least 30 minutes of that and write, you never know. I tell people, yeah. (laughs) You could get far, like really far. 
you know, and, and then, and then I had to encourage those that, that would say, put too much pressure on themselves. When mm-hmm. I, I've got writer's block, what do I do with that? Or I've been trying to work on this thing. And then it's like, look, it's okay to take a break. Sometimes you just need a minute, yeah. you know, yep. take your minute, clear your head, do something else, do something active, get outside, you know, ride, ride a bike, take a nice walk, clear your head, you know, and come back and you will come back refreshed and you'll come back better, guaranteed, you know, and, and those are things that I had to do. I mean, everything I've written in here, all of the 20 um, tips that I included are all things that I practiced and not just practice them, but today. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I know as I'm going through, I'm like, yep, that's good advice. Yep, that's good advice. That's all the things I do too. And hearing you talk, I'm like, she's given my workshop that I give. <laughs> <laughs> I think you do have to learn. You do have to learn both either to just like, sometimes I'll be so tired. I'm like just 30 minutes. I just need to work on something for 30 minutes. And then all of a sudden in an hour pass, I'm like, okay, that wasn't that bad. Or there's times when I literally have to say, I need to go just close my eyes and lay in my bed. I don't even need to sleep, but just like take yes. a deep breath and lay up. Just, exactly. yeah, but it's both. And I think it is like, if you, if we want to do this and if we want to do it well, we do need to learn from other people, but then you yes. actually have to sit sit down like yes like you said put the pin to the paper put your fingers on the keyboard and get the words down so I appreciate that now where can people connect with you if they want to know more just about you in general and especially about this book Yes. So on my website, KenishaGriffin.com, I have um, all of my um, my writings are up there. My book is available um, for purchase um, right there, too. And it's also um, on like Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, through all of the um, major online retailers. They're up there, too. And the ebook, too. I think the ebook right now is like five ninety nine on um, yeah. on Amazon. Yeah. On the Kindle. So, yes, it, um, we have it for download and. I'm super excited about that. Yeah, well, I just appreciate you just get it, giving your time to continue to pour into people. And just thank you for being here. And thank you for being my friend, too. Thank you. Oh, truly a pleasure and, and your blessing. <laughs> oh, thank you. We'll make sure and have all the links to everything in our show notes, too. Thank you so much. It is so fun to talk with a friend like that. I am so proud of Kanisha and all that she's doing and how God is using her. And I love how she talked about knowing the time when you need to pour into your kids and knowing the time when you could sit to the side and just try to get some work done. Because that is me too. I try to find the balance of making sure my kids know that I'm here for them, that they're important. But also I know that if God has placed dreams on my heart and put words in my mind to write down that he has a purpose from that. And I truly have seen how God has expanded my kids' dreams as I have followed him. And it's so fun to just see God doing the same with Kanisha. I have to laugh also because how Kanisha said she talked about my writing mentor, which was a blog I started back in the dark ages of blogging. It must have been 2003, 2004. I was just starting to get published. I felt like um, I was just wanting to, again, pour into other people because so many people had poured into me. And so I'd write quotes and helpful tips about writing. And that was such a long time ago. But I love hearing how even those little efforts 
way back then, God was using those to bless and encourage other people. And I'm so thankful that God allowed me to be part of Kenesha's story. Now, I just want to encourage you, maybe you have a dream that God has put on your heart and you think, I will do this after the kids are gone, after they're grown. It's not worth the time and the balance and trying to figure everything out. But just as Kanisha and I talked about, when God puts a dream on your heart, it's for others. Your story is for others. Your work is for others. And know that he has a purpose out there. He has other people that need to hear your words or to be blessed by you with, with in whatever area that you give and serve and your kids benefit too. We always tell our kids, I want you to go and do great things and follow God's dreams and use all your gifts and talents. And the best way we can show our kids how to do that instead of just telling them to to do that is by doing it ourselves. So just take time to sit before God and ask him, what dreams do you have for me? What things do I need to wait on? But what things can I do now? And I know that he will lead you and guide you as you seek him. All right. Well, today's walk it out verse is Matthew 12, 35. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. And I love this so much because it does go back to that sitting before God and having a good heart and knowing that we are loving others, loving God, wanting to serve him. And it's from that good heart that things will pour out. I know when we try to do things out of worry, um, out of envy of others, out of wanting to compete, that Good things will not come from that. But as Kanisha talked about how others poured into her and how she pours into others now, when she has a good heart, when all of us have a good heart, God will use that. Again, Matthew 12, 35, a good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. So let me just take a moment and pray for you. Dear God, I thank you so much for every listener there. I am just so inspired by all the people that take time to listen to this podcast and hear me interview these amazing people. I pray for each person that they may be blessed today, wherever they are, with with whatever struggle they are going through, Lord. And I know all those worries and fears and concerns when we want to pursue the dreams you have for us, but we question how it'll get done. I pray that each listener will get clarity about those things. And Lord, I know those things, there are some things that you do want us to wait on, but there are some things that we can pursue right where we are for ourselves, for our community, for our family. And I pray that you will just help the listeners have clarity of that today. I pray for Kenesha. I pray for her husband, Cody, and their family and the six kids And the balance that she has raising from teens all the way down to babies. Lord, I just pray a blessing over her family and over her work. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, friends, if you've heard me talk about writing before, you know I have a private subscription group called Write That Book. It's on Facebook and it's $24.95, I think, a month, um, some 24 something. And my goal is to help mentor you 
by sharing writing tips, giving advice. I have um, information that comes to you in the form of a newsletter with lots of information on writing and examples from my own writing. But also every week there are experts, writers and publishers, editors, marketing people who through office hours, one hour on Facebook, give writing advice. If this sounds like something you're interested in, um, go to trishagoria.com and click on write that book. You'll find information about how to sign up. And also you can go to the show notes at walkitoutpodcast.com and we will have all the links there. But just know that your story does matter. Your dreams matter. Your words matter. And uh, I would love to encourage you to help get those on paper and help get them out in the world. Have a wonderful day, friends. Thanks for listening to Walk It Out. Head over to the show notes for this podcast and all past episodes at www.walkitoutpodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with someone you know who can make a radical difference in the world. We love new friends. See you next time.